This is the Main Attraction Podcast. Now, here are your hosts, Justin Strawn and Ryan Nelson. Welcome to the Main Attraction Podcast, where we discuss the biggest television shows and movies in the entertainment industry. I am your host, Justin Strawn. Joining me each week is the other host of the show, and you don't have to worry about him not understanding your reference to Mrs. Robinson, Ryan Nelson. Justin, we're starting a new segment with our True Detective coverage. The Hank looking guilty scene of the week. <laughs> he's got and a few in this one. There were multiple of them. Yeah, he's got a few in this one. So, uh, well, I'm still interested in what they do with uh, John Hawk's character Hank in, in this one. So, uh, we got a, we got a lot to discuss with with this episode. So, if you've been listening to the podcast and we started the podcast a couple of years ago, thank you for continuing to listen and making us a part of your day. If you are new to the show, we hope you enjoyed as we talk about the third episode of True Detective Night Country. Uh, whether or not you are new or a regular and like more access to the show, you can visit our Patreon page and become a patron of the Main Attraction Podcast. You can go to patreon.com slash the Main Attraction Podcast. You can get Patreon-only content. You can support us at a $3, $5, 10 or $20 level, and when you join up, we'll shout you out here on the show. If you want ad-free access to the podcast, any level of being a Patreon supporter will get the show ad-free. doesn't matter which level you're signing up for. They all get you the show without commercials. Uh, if you want anything beyond just commercial-free, though, if you want additional bonus content, that's where the 5 the 10 and the $20 level come in. So I uh, would love for you to sign up for our Patreon over there. If you can't be a patron, though, you can still help us out. If you are listening to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, uh, if you would just do us a real quick favor, uh, go on both those platforms and give us a, a five-star rating. Those help us out a lot. Uh, what really helps us out a lot on Apple as well are reviews. So if you would drop us a little review there as well on Apple, you know, we don't, have to, don't, do, we don't have to do much. Two or three sentences, that's all, we, that's all we really need. And if you do leave us one, we'll read it on there next time we record. If you want to interact with us in other ways, though, you can do so. Just send us an email to mainattractionpod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any thoughts or questions you might have about the show. Uh, anything you might want to recommend that for us to cover. We'd love to hear all those all those suggestions, all those thoughts. We'd love to hear that. So just send us an email to mainattractionpod at gmail.com. All right, real quick, uh, before we get started, if you are a patron uh, and you're listening to this, uh, if you haven't gone to the our uh, Patreon page and put in a question for the Q&A, because we're going to be doing a, a question and answer session on our Q&A next week, uh, feel free to do so. We'd love to hear your questions. We've got a few questions there already, but we'd love to have some more. We're also opening up this to the people who have signed up for free patrons. We don't really have any benefits or do anything for our, for our, our free folks, so uh, if we, I decided to open this up to you guys as well so if you want to drop a question in there that would be great uh, we will answer it there as well and we will also when we record that episode we'll make that one available to the masses so if you're uh, wanting to have some questions answered and you, you know like you know i don't even want to pay for this stuff but i would i'd like to have some questions answered you can go sign up for us and maybe eventually you can become a paid member as well so all right this is the third episode of true detective night country we're halfway through the end of this thing so Which what are your crazy to think about yeah it really is uh you know only six episodes it's it, it, it goes quick so uh what are your general thoughts on this third episode so this was the episode that was most like a horror movie yeah from start to finish yeah oh god not another <laughs> hbo sunday night birthing scene oh yeah i know i mean how many of these have we seen i think it was in the last of us house of dragons Dragon game of thrones yeah mm. i was and I, most don't go well i was very no, concerned no. yeah and then like stuff at the end was just scary as hell uh navarro just a lot going on with her yeah there really is uh, one of the things i've noticed is 
they do a pretty decent job of like keeping this a show relatively grounded for like mm-hmm. up until like the first last 10 minutes then the last 10 minutes hell breaks loose I mean, yeah uh, and it just goes in weird directions and this episode is 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 absolutely no different uh, to yeah. say the least so so let's go ahead and get in this but before we get into it uh real quick uh, i had mentioned last week you know i want to give a just a, a disclaimer that you know we do these after the episode is aired this is when we watch them we watch them as they air and then we hop on the mics and record hbo we thank you uh, i know none of you yes. will probably ever actually listen to this but nevertheless uh you know any of the hbo pr people uh who've had a hand in getting us a copy of these screeners thank you so very much it helps us out a lot because we don't have to end up staying up to like 10 30 to record and then i'm having to stay up another half hour 45 minutes to get it pushed out so uh like i said huge appreciation to you guys so yes, uh, thank really, you thank you thank really you. appreciate it. and if you guys want to just drop us screeners from here on out like amazon does because amazon does yeah. us that nice little favor we would really appreciate that too and, so. and if anyone has a hookup with hulu or apple we're yeah. listening yeah we would, yeah we would love that <laughs> we would love all of that so uh anyway so let's go ahead and get into this uh we start the episode in the past and the, the only reason i was certain it was in the past because navarro's Hat had uh, APF Alaska Police Force, yeah. and she's not. Well, with- I think it it, it it tells us seven years ago too. Oh, yeah. Well, it does, but like yeah. I said, it's that doesn't that isn't where it starts. Uh, you, oh yeah, 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 yeah. It takes it takes about a minute before they put that on there. So, mm-hmm. uh, like I said, so I was like uh, immediately I saw AP. I was like, okay, this must be the past. And then we get, and also I think it was during the daytime, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> was it not? Yeah. So. I- I'm not sure, man. I can't keep up with the time. It had to be because it was April 22nd. So it would be. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, so it wouldn't be in the, the constant nighttime or anything. So, uh, But it's April 22nd, seven years prior to the events of the show. Uh, and when Navarro is coming up onto this building, she hears a loud scream. I didn't know what was going on with the way that this show works. I was like, is somebody dying? Is somebody getting yeah. killed? Uh, but she goes in and she wants to make an arrest. And we're. Uh, meted by the person who runs the establishment it turns out this is annie this is our first time to meet her in person uh and basically navarro is confused about what's going on she asks if this is a clinic and annie tells her no it's a birthing center uh so navarro witnesses the birth of this child and there was some initial moments of trepidation about this child because when it's born it's not making any noise there's the the uh the midwife or whoever it was that was delivering the baby seems a little bit concerned as well. Annie seems yeah. a little bit concerned, but they eventually do. The baby does eventually cry, and it looks like it's a, actually a healthy baby. But uh, it's an interesting way to start this uh, this entire episode. What were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I thought it was interesting to finally get to meet uh, Annie. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the you know the person that we've been trying to figure out this mystery about, and also it, it showed that Navarre, even though she is part native, she is a police officer, right. and the native people are not uh, happy with yeah, her. Yeah, because one of the people, one of the the lady who's given birth, when she walks in, she says, "What is she doing here?" or something like that. I don't remember exactly yeah, what it was yeah. that she said, but she was obviously. I think not, she said, "What is that bee doing?" Oh here? yeah, I think you're right. Like I said, I wasn't really, I couldn't remember what she said, but it was obvious that. She was not happy to see her. Like yeah. in the middle of giving birth, like she takes a moment right. to say, "What is she doing here?" So that's some real hatred. Right it there. really is. It absolutely is. So uh, if you've been in, if you've been involved in, in, in the birth of a child, you you know exactly how how much you have to hate somebody to to stop and say that when you're when you're giving birth. So, uh, but anyway, so after this entire scene takes place, we're uh, well. What's also interesting is. She's there to arrest Annie, and then like the scene ends, and she says, "You can arrest me now." And she holds out her wrist, and that's where the scene ends. So I don't know if she actually arrested her or not. I would assume not, but I could be wrong. 
Uh, but we're back in the present day. It's December 22nd. Uh, it is the fifth day of night, and Hank has gathered a search team, and they are looking for Raymond Clark. He's the primary suspect for all of the deaths at Salal Station. Uh, the search team that he is getting together is basically a bunch of rednecks, uh, Alaskan rednecks yeah, that he's bringing together. They, they have the Dukes of Hazard horn yes, on the guy's truck. Yeah. yeah. So, like I said, it's an interesting crew that he is gathering together. And Navarro reminds Hank when they're getting ready to leave, you know, she says, hey, we want him alive and hank's response was do we uh and this is our hank looking guilty state of the week yeah. first edition first edition because like i said we're gonna have quite a few with him so navarro's not just real happy with what hank's doing here because yeah. you know if they they find him she's really afraid that they're going to kill him that's not what they want um so that's one issue that we have. Uh, Danvers is also back at the station, and he's not. She's not just real happy about Hank getting these people together to go out looking for people. They get yeah, a phone. Danvers, we find out, really hates hillbillies. Yes, she does. She's not because a real... she mentions it about five times. Uh, yeah, she, she hates them. Yeah, she's not real happy with just any of these people. To be perfectly honest, uh, we also get an update on Lund uh, or Lund. I can't even remember how to pronounce his name. Lund. Lund. Uh, but uh, he's not doing good. They had to amputate both legs. Uh, he already lost an arm. The guy who had his the the body that had his arm snapped off by the careless police officer that was actually Lund as well. He's probably going to lose his other one because it's not looking real good either. Uh, so like I said, he's not doing good. Yeah. He's still in a coma. But Danvers is still hopeful to talk to him. I wasn't really sure they were going to be able to, but uh, that was her hope coming into this yeah. thing is that she wanted to talk to him. So uh, the, she starts going through all the evidence in, uh, in uh, from Clark's trailer because if you remember in last episode we ended in a creepy murderous trailer for the most yes. part. Uh, but she's gathering up. They apparently packed up the entire thing. They brought it into the office, and uh, while they're going through this. Navarro, t uh, Clark tells Navarro, tells uh, Pete that they need to get Navarro transferred to her temporarily. What? Who is Navarro working for now? That's the only thing I'm not concerned about. I thought about. she was with the okay, the Alaskan Highway Patrol. Okay, that, doesn't her say AHP? Maybe. Okay, that that was kind of what I was thinking, but I wasn't 100 yeah. percent certain. So, uh, so also, you know, uh, so like I said, she wants. To, to get her in here and she also tells pete to hack the phone because apparently anyone under 30 has hacking skills and should know yes. how to hack a phone well uh, as someone who worked in the in a business when we got a computer i was in my 20s at the time i was considered the computer expert because <laughs> i had used a computer before because you had used a computer exactly so yeah, yeah. Uh, like i said so like i said interesting interesting logic that uh, danvers is giving here about uh, about cell phones and and or at least if you yeah. don't know if you don't know how to hack if you're under 30 you should know somebody who does know how to hack right. so hey, uh, she was right though yeah she was right she they, they ended up getting it so you know kudos to her so then at this point, though, Pete wants to know more about why Danvers and Navarro hate each other. And this is one of the most interesting scenes in really the entire episode because Danvers starts talking about the last case they worked together. Uh, and Navarro William had... Wheeler. Yeah, William Wheeler is the name of the person that they were tracking down. And Navarro had mentioned at the end of episode two, you know, she says, you know, about the Wheeler situation. And this mm -hmm. is when Danvers says, ah, we're not talking about that. We're not bringing that up. We're going to do this yep. mission. We're going to solve this case and we're going to be done with each other. Uh, so we're getting more details about, about William Wheeler. 
Uh, she says it was a, a murder-suicide uh, by uh, William Wheeler, uh, and she starts listing off these horrible, horrible offenses that he has. Uh, they gone that his entire rap sheet. Uh, apparently, when they track him down for the last time, he had an 18-year-old girlfriend. And there were obvious signs that she was getting beaten by him. Uh, she was has all these bruises, all these scars, uh, but she refuses to leave him. She refuses to report him and to you know, uh, you know, possibly have him arrested for what she's doing to him. And they know going into this thing that if this just keeps on going on, that it's, it's what how this thing is going to end. And so they finally get one call. They get one last call to his home. Uh, and while Danvers is telling this, she says. When they get there, the girl was dead and he had shot himself. But what we actually see, yes. he is very alive. <laughs> yes. Uh, but, Unless this is a ghost. Well, that's right. I guess it could be, but I don't think they... But I'm not buying the ghost. I'm, not, I'm, I'm going Navarro ends up killing this guy. That would be my guess as well. We don't see anything. We don't see no. anything else after that. Uh, we, don't see, yeah. we don't see anybody shoot him. We don't see anything along those lines. But it's quite clear, at least in my and opinion. let's just say, William Wheeler is asking for it. Yes, he, he is. is really taunting them. Yeah, he really was. And like I said, I wasn't really sure what they were how this was going to play out but it's quite obvious that you know she's not telling the actual facts of the case and something actually different uh, went down uh in in that house so um, yeah. and, and i want to mention something real quick about jody foster she has that pedro pascal timothy oliphant way yeah. she just looks cool yeah, when she, she walks into a scene there's just something like magnetic about her. Right. Just the way she walks, the way, like everyone can't take her eyes off her. She's a cool cat. Right. She is. She really is. I, I've, I've really enjoyed it. It's, it's been great to yeah. watch her to mm -hmm. perform in this. So. Uh, we end up going back out with Navarro. She's out with the search team looking for Clark. Uh, when she's out around, uh, when she's walking around, there's it's snowing. It's hard to see. Uh, she's got an origin. I assume this thing is frozen because she throws it away. That's the reason I yeah. assume that it's, she throws it away. But for whatever reason, it gets thrown back to her. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course it does. Uh, and like I said, we don't we don't know who throws it what throws it back at her. And the next thing we see is she kind of shines her flashlight in the distance, and there's a shadowy figure with a light in the distance, but we don't see who it is. And yeah. because the moment that yeah. we as she starts to kind of like look at the, at the person, whoever it is, uh, she gets a call from someone. Uh, I'm guessing it's Dan actually uh, Danvers because they've she's they've identified like the actual. Uh, tongue or something like that so like well said, they want her to come in and look at the box that's right they want her to come look at the box i'm jumping ahead of myself about the tongue so um anyway actually the tongue was last week never i'm getting my episodes confused so uh anyway so they want her to come in and look at the boxes uh so they start going through the boxes together uh they're going through the entire all the evidence and it's just you know the next couple minutes is it's got music playing as the two are looking over all the evidence and going through it so that they're uh, you just kind of get an idea that these two have been here for a while and they're as they're looking at yeah. all this stuff yeah i like that scene i like how the music was played and they're kind of like circling around right. looking at all the evidence yeah it, it, like i said it, it does a good job of like showing that time has passed and that they've spent quite a bit of time looking at all this stuff so uh but as they're discussing the relationship between clark and annie uh navarro doesn't think that anybody else knew about this because uh, she didn't know about it didn't seem like any 
anybody else knew about it. But Danvers, again, showing off that she's a good investigator, she points out that at least one other person had to know about this relationship because of a picture that was taken and that it was a posed picture. So somebody had to have taken this picture because they asked them to take the picture. Uh, and very, very quickly, Navarro realizes it's a hairdresser. Uh, she looks yeah. at she looks at the, uh, one of the uh, colors uh, the hair of one of the color uh, she looks the hair color on one of the photos and she knows exactly who it was that colored her hair and I was listening to did you listen to the Prestige TV podcast episode on yeah. last week mm-hmm. this color of her hair this teal color. It's showing up electric a lot. Blue. Yeah, this electric blue color. Yeah. It's showing up a lot. I don't know if it's going to mean anything coming yeah. down the road uh, as we go down the road with this thing, but you're seeing this color pop up quite a bit in in this thing. So I'll be really interested to see what the, uh, if that means anything later on. So well, something else starts in this scene that I really like, and it's Navarro picking on Peter by calling yes. him freshman, freshman and just harassing him. Yeah, it's like, and it's it's really funny because we know that like. Navarro was Peter at right. one point, but I, I don't know why. Every time she called him freshman, it made me laugh. Yeah, it's, it's almost like she's, I don't know. It's like, I don't know if she's like jealous of the fact that Peter's kind of like her, like Danvers new pet. Uh, yes, I uh, think so. I think that could be part of it. Uh, so she, and she knows that Danvers is eventually going to ruin that relationship. So she's just trying to. Which we're seeing completely happening. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 apparent that the, it's going down a bad road between these two, uh, in in this episode. It's not there yet, but it's going to get there. Uh, well, I don't know if it's going to break in episode four, if it's going to come later on, but uh, it's going to happen eventually. So, um, like I said, it, I, th- I think you're right. I think that I think it's interesting that they are showing Navarro do that in in throughout the course of this thing. So, uh, but anyway, as they're doing this, uh, uh, I lost my where am I? Notes. They, they went to go see Susan the That's beautician. Right. All right, so they went to they go to the Susan the beautician, uh, and you know Annie at this point, uh, Clark basically she explains what happened between Clark and Annie because they had apparently questioned Navarro apparently questioned her about this previously and she had denied that uh, she knew anything about their relationship. Uh, I thought it was also interesting that Danvers takes the little girl out and she's not there for the questioning. Yeah. Uh, but I'm guessing she understood that the the person that they're the the hairdresser was not going to be very trusting with her in the room, so she'd have yeah. A, and the, and the girl was like distracting yeah. and, and needed some attention. And Navarro is is very. Uh, uh, attentive of yeah. uh, things like that. Well, Danvers, we've seen that yeah. a couple of times. Yeah, not Navarro, excuse me, Danvers. Danvers. Yeah, uh, like I said, it's and also you know you don't that's we don't see a lot of that from Danvers, uh, so you know that mm. she obviously had it at one point, uh, but uh, right. she can pull she can pull it out whenever she needs it, and this is one of those times yeah. when she needed it. So. Um, this time, Navarro is pressing her for the truth. And so she basically explains that the people, the, the scientists at Salal Haircuts, they needed haircuts. And so she went to the, she went to their station to give them haircuts, and Annie wanted to tag along. And once they got there, uh, Navarro and Clark ends up hitting, not Navarro, Annie and Clark end up hitting it off immediately. Uh, there's like an instant connection between the two of them. And Clark is very drawn to her spiral tattoo that is on her back. Uh, he, Of course he is. Of course he is. So, uh, like I said, she asked, and this is when Navarro asked where, she's, where she got the tattoo. She dreamt it. Uh, you know, nothing good can yeah. come from when you like just dream of something and you tattoo it on your body. And, so. and she mentions that she would dream dream about this tattoo and she had horrible nightmares and couldn't sleep well and after she got the tattoo it she stopped. was able to sleep yeah, yeah. the, the so, nightmare stopped oh, mm-hmm. oh how scary is that <laughs> yeah like i said nothing ominous about that at all so oh. uh like i said so obviously you know they're setting up some just really weird stuff that's going to come about yeah. by this later on so um 
Anyway, uh, so this is, how, this is how they meet. This is how the two of them uh, end up getting together. She also reveals, though, that while she was there, that while she was there, she was also seeing someone from Salon. So this is another reason why she didn't want to come forward. And the person that she was seeing was uh, a maintenance engineer. Is that who? Uh, yeah, uh, he was an en- uh, engineer maintenance yeah. Oliver Takat. Takat. Uh, yeah, I couldn't remember exactly. I wrote down what I thought his name was spelled, but I wasn't 100% certain if that was actually yeah, what I'm it was. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, yeah but Oliver was his first name. So, uh, so like I said, that's another reason that she doesn't want, she didn't want to come forward because she didn't know if, if that was, you know, if this guy would end up hurting her uh, or if, you know, he could get hurt. So, like I said, she wasn't really, she wasn't real just uh, keen about bringing forth any information about this thing. So, but she also reveals that she actually did talk to the cops and she actually did give a statement and who did she give it to? Our guy Hank. Hank. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Hank didn't do anything with it. So yeah. uh, the next thing has Hank and Danvers. They are frantically... Well, Go ahead. Let's mention on the ride back, they discuss Hank Yeah. and Navarro mentions Hank is in with the mines. Yes. We saw him last week talking to, I believe her name was Kate. Right. And Callie is... Um, excuse me, Navarro, Callie's, Callie Reese as mm-hmm. Navarro, is convinced the Mons are behind it, and Hank is very friendly with the Mons. Yeah, and we're going to talk about some of that real quick. So, uh, they're looking for him frantically. They're trying, they're they're on the radio, they're on the phone, trying to track down where Hank is, and they can't find him, and they're, they're just really you know, pissed off about this because of the fact that he he took this statement and it absolutely did nothing with it when Annie was uh, found murdered. Uh, and so basically at this point, Navarro is convinced that the mine is behind this, that uh, Hank is more than happy to go along and just have everything covered up. So she, like I said, she's really convinced at this point. However, uh, one of the things I think that's really interesting because Kelly Kelly Reese is or Kelly Reese is playing a a much a high a, a character who wears her emotions on her sleeve. She's much more emotional. Yeah. She's also going up and she's you know she's sharing. This is the first episode where she shares a lot of screen time with Jodie Foster, and I was very curious about when this was going to happen because when the two of them got together and were going to be on the screen a lot, Jodie Foster is one of the you know, greatest actresses of our generation. She is absolutely, oh, yeah. she is absolutely. amazing. I mean, you, you look She's, at her. She, you would put her up with Daniel Day-Lewis, Meryl Streep, any of them. Yeah, Kate Blanchett, throw her in there with him. Oh, yeah. You yeah. know, those, you know, when you start talking about, like, greatest actresses of our time. Absolutely. She's she's in the discussion. Uh, Callie Reese is a newcomer. She was a boxer. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I was concerned when they got into, when they started sharing a lot of screen time together, if Jodie Foster was just going to completely outshine her, what I think they have done, doing a really emotional character is a lot easier than doing somebody than what Danvers is doing, who's doing this highly analytical stuff. Uh, yeah, I think they've leveled the playing field because I don't think Callie Reese is getting outshined, but she easily could have. No. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think they. I don't know if they intended to write the character that way, but I think it's definitely helping Callie Reese. What are your thoughts? And I lost you. We are having connections. Yeah, I got the the same. uh, Yeah, we. I lost you for a second. Keep going. Yeah, I thought. I think. I think you're doing the. You were making the right point. They're using Callie Reese is a very physical person. Right. You know she is. uh, I'm sure boxing. I can't imagine the damage she was doing. They're using her strengths in this show. Yeah, and it's really working out. Like you said, the the analytical, the showing how smart they are. That's good for Jodie Foster. But like. 
being the emotional person and the person that you're most concerned about. Right. Like, you know, you don't want anything to happen to Callie right. uh, on this. I, I think that's what's really helping her uh, her character. Excuse me, Navarro. You don't, yeah. you don't want anything to happen. Yeah, I think one of the things you also mentioned, her physical presence is almost like a character in itself because she has it such a, a, a strong physical presence. I mean... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, oh, every, every man is intimidated by her yeah, when she walks in. Completely. I mean, and he wants no part of her. No, she, he really doesn't. And it's really odd to have. <laughs> it, it's something you don't see. And I think it's great that they're doing this. You know, you have a woman mm-hmm. character who can bring this to the table on, in the character. And, you know, actually utilizing that, I think it's really, really good. So uh, I, I've been really impressed by it. Because the reason I bring out this is because, you know, this is one of the big interactions they have. You know, Navarro yeah. in the truck is just flying off the handle about how evil the mine is and how the mine is about behind all this and danvers is pointing out you know the mine shouldn't have anything to do with salal they shouldn't have the you know they have yeah. no connection to salal uh so maybe they had something to do with annie but it's got nothing to do with what's going on here so and the two seem to be linked somehow so you know again she starts saying we got to ask better questions that's I, I'm, thing. I'm never uh counting out the minds being oh, involved no. <laughs> i've watched justified <laughs> yeah yeah you never count out the evil mind you never you never count that out so uh anyway so uh after this entire conversation uh danver gets a tender notification i thought that was interesting that, she got that was funny uh that also ends up leading to a discussion about prayer uh which was another thing where they start continuing yeah. to show the the differences in the two characters how one is uh, much more spiritual and Danvers is very put off by just the spiritual aspects and just doesn't understand it. Uh, like I said, it's, uh, it's one of those interesting things. And, you know, Danvers kind of like calls her out. She says, you know, you talk to God, did you actually do that? And Navarro says, no, but I do listen. And that's, and Danvers seems to kind of be like, okay, well maybe I can, I, that I can kind of understand a little bit more. So anyway, I just thought that was an interesting moment mm-hmm. there. Uh, but anyway, we're back at the rank and Hank has shown up. Uh, He's uh, with the bodies that are much more rapidly thawing at this point. There's much less ice than there was when we last saw them. Uh, Peter is there. He's watching this. Hank brings him his old skates, and they begin to discuss Danvers and Navarro. Uh, and at this point, Navarro comes and in. Hank is also being abusive dad by oh, trying yeah. to make men things up by bringing his skates for his mm-hmm. grandson. And right. Trying to be as sweet as Hank can be. Yeah, so he's he's... He's doing his best to play him. And never saying I'm sorry. Yeah, he never says I'm sorry. Uh, so, like I said, he's doing he's doing the, the I, I hit you, but I'm not going to actually say I'm sorry about it. So, uh, But anyway, so when Navarro gets there, she immediately confronts Hank about not doing anything with the call that he took about Annie's case uh, back when Annie actually was killed. Uh, Danvers tells him that he's going to get a negligence report on his record. And this is when Hank threatens her by saying, I wanted to, maybe I should report you for going Mrs. Robinson on my son. And I could you the fact that that Jodie Foster only throws whatever it was she was drinking in his face. She knocked, did she throw it or did she knock his cup out of his hand? Oh, maybe that's what it was. I don't know. But like yeah. the, the fact that that's all that she did was impressive uh, because you that was could, a great scene. Yeah, you could see the anger in her face. Yes. I mean, yes. she was. And she, Hank looked a little scared. Yeah, he did. Uh, like that's that was a bad move on Hank's part to, to go down that road yeah. with it. And of course, Pete has no idea what she's talking about. Yes. <laughs> He's like, who's Mrs. That was Robinson? Very funny. That was very funny. <laughs> I really like that uh, Bennett as Peter. 
yeah, yeah, I know. He's really good. He's been good. I, I've enjoyed him a lot. So uh, that was that was a fantastic moment in, in this thing. Like I said, because she was as pissed as she could be. She was. And Peter's just like, who's Mrs. Robinson? <laughs> I don't know who that is. So, <laughs> uh, anyway, so Danvers and Peter, uh, they after all this takes place, they start discussing the forensic expert uh, because you know they need a forensic expert. That they've called one in. That forensic expert is not going to make it in time. It's, it's pretty clear at this point that they're not going to get one. Uh, Danvers is concerned because once the bodies thaw out, then she has to ship things to her anchorage. Uh, her boss, who is her booty call as well, uh, is, is yeah, he's going to force. Yeah, and I forgot to say, I called him the doctor. He was once Doctor Who. I forgot to mention oh, when I called okay. him the doctor. He was one of the one of the Doctor Who. So okay. that, that when I when I called him the doctor, that's what I was talking okay. about. Uh, but, you know, she has to ship him to Anchorage at this point. And so she's she's worried because she wants this case and she wants to be the one to solve it. But this one, Pete's idea, he says, I got an idea. He said, you're not going to like it. Uh, he says, but I have a cousin and he's a vet and he could come take a look at him. Uh, and basically, she's like, you know what? It's not ideal, but let's go ahead and bring him in. Uh, your thoughts on up to this point of the episode? I like how Peter is trying to think of ways, to, you know, to get around here and, yeah. and try to figure out. And he recommends his cousin. I believe his name was Vince, wasn't it? I think so. I don't remember. I yeah, I yeah. So I like how, I like how he thought all of his feet, you know, of, of trying to come up with something. Yeah, I thought I thought it was good too. So, uh, like I said, it's it, up to this point. It's been a really good episode, and I've enjoyed it up to yeah. this point. So let's take a real quick break, and then we'll discuss the second half of it. All right, so we are back, and Navarro has back on the ice, and she has headed out to uh, meet Eddie Kovic, who is fish hut, ice fish, uh, ice fishing. He's in an ice fishing hut, uh, and somebody mentioned that Eddie Kovic, you know, if you're looking for potential people, like he might be one of the potential like uh, low down key, uh, like low key possible uh, suspects. What are your thoughts on that? I think it makes a lot of sense, especially with this. He knows everything that's going on in that town. Mm -hmm. No, granted, he does run a bar, so that right. would help him. But still, he knows where to find people, and he's a nice guy. Yeah. Usually, by now, we would have seen the killer. Hank is not going to be the killer. No, Hank could gonna be, be somehow going to be involved. But Eddie being that person actually makes sense. Yeah, because look, we, we have to have seen the killer at this point. The, uh, yes. I, I don't think we're going to get like some brand new character when we get to episode six. No, and this this show has not been that kind of way. Right. So uh, somebody that we have seen already is the person yeah. responsible for this. And, and I, it could be Kate from the Mines. It yeah. could have been, you know, just one of the random people that we've seen but eddie makes sense yeah he does so like i said i, I don't know well i'll be interested i like that. eddie though i would hate that i don't know i would I, I hate to see that as well so uh but anyway plus uh, he's not gonna get his toothbrush in jail. <laughs> he's not gonna get his toothbrush poor guy uh so like i said i'll be i'll be really interested if something comes about uh because of that uh but there's a, there have been some people who kind of like put their 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 mm -hmm. they've honed in on eddie as possibly being somebody behind this and i had some and uh Charles Holmes and Van Lathan, they did a, a theory podcast and Van's theory was that the killer doesn't even know that they're the killer at this point, that they like somehow like something happened to them supernaturally and they don't even realize that they are the killer. With this show and it's with possible. the way Issa Lopez is writing this, that is possible. It's possible. So, well, shout out to Issa Lopez. She's doing a phenomenal yeah, job with is. the writing and directing. 
Yeah, I've enjoyed it. She's really, really good. So, uh, anyway, she goes to Eddie. Uh, she's not looking for a booty call at this time, but she is wanting to try to get some information from him. She wants to know if he knew who the equipment manager was, or the equipment engineer was at, or the maintenance engineer at uh, Salal that the hairdresser supposedly went out with for a little while. And he says he doesn't know her, but he says, I can find out for you if you'll tell me some stuff about yourself. And she initially says, you know, screw you. But she comes back because she needs the information. She says, what do you want to know? And so we finally get a little bit more information about the background of Navarro at this point. He wants to know about her mother. Uh, she tells him that uh, her mother was a native to Ennis, Alaska. Uh, she went to Boston and she met uh, a man there, fell in love with him. Uh, and this is her father. But the dad was a violent man. He was violent towards her. He was violent towards Navarro violent towards her sister and so they eventually got out of the out of the situation and this also you know is explaining because we we've learned at the very beginning this thing whenever there's a woman in trouble whenever a woman is uh, suffering abuse or is suffering any type of harm navarro takes those cases personally so we're yeah. getting the background on just why that is the case but uh just your thoughts on her background it was good to get that background. We'd also, you know, I think they had hinted that Julia was having the same issues as the mother. Right. Uh, also, it was nice to find out that she was from Boston because mm -hmm. that's that tough e exterior yeah. mm -hmm. and, the, and, and the accent as well. Right. So uh, I, I liked getting that information. Yeah, I really Callie Reese. I really like. Yeah, she's I, good. I cannot wait to see what she does next. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed her character so far. So, <laughs> uh, but we're back in town, and Leah and her girlfriend they are attending a protest rally against the mine. Uh, there, you know, so I don't know how many people are involved with the mine, but obviously there are some people who are not happy about the entire mine being there. Uh, they also re reveal during this rally that someone's uh, newborn. I didn't catch the person's name. They said it a couple times. Yeah, I didn't I catch it. Yeah. Uh, but the baby was stillborn, and apparently this has been a common thing a lot recently. They said uh, yes. they talk about the it's another stillborn. Uh, so like I said, I'll be issues with the water. I think they were saying yeah, because that's the that's the recurring issue they talk about is the mine is causing problems with the water. Uh, so they just keep kind of coming back to that, and we'll, how much that's going to play into the events of this show i don't know but they keep going back to it and it makes me think either it's going to be very involved or it's going to be a red herring at this point so yeah yeah uh, but anyway when she when they're doing this moment of silence there's this chanting that starts to begin uh i thought initially that leah was just hearing it but apparently they were actually doing it did you get the same impression yeah i thought they were doing that okay chant. good yeah. like I said, at first i thought she was just hearing things but then you see some people actually doing it so like i said i want to make sure i was, I was we were here first that. i think is what they were saying okay uh, anyway, so Danvers is continuing to go through the evidence uh, when Leah comes in. Uh, Danvers is not happy at all about the fact that she was with the protesters, and she's got those markings on her chin, and she wants her to wipe those things off her face immediately. She continues to have issues with natives and uh, their traditions. Your thoughts on just that? Is, is that going to play a big part in this? I think it's somewhat, I think it's more of she's trying to protect her from getting killed by yeah. the people from the mines. Right. Because that keeps happening. Right, it does. Mm -hmm. So people who, because people who come in, who throw a fist, uh, th who throw a fuss about the mines, they don't, things don't, they end up well disappearing. Them. Yeah. Yes. So, so she's trying to protect her. So, like I said, uh, I'll be in to see if there's anything else that comes about by this later on in the show. So. Uh, again, we are back on the ice. Navarro is still looking for people. She sees somebody on the ice, and when she goes after them, she slips. And when she slips, she wakes up 
And what's a very but she hits her head yeah, hard. She, she hits it hard, and it's very jarring at this point because we go to a daylight scene, and one of the most effective things they have done in this show is the constant nighttime because it is like when you finally yeah. see daylight in the middle of the night in this scene, like it's like whoa, why do we have daylight here? So yeah, uh, so like I said, it's jarring from that from that uh, perspective. Um, but there's obviously she's at a what looks to be like. A, a car wreck uh, which we assume that this was Danver's son that was part of this and there's this wreckage of vehicles we hear a voice whisper and I tried my best to make out what it said I, I caught it at first uh, the child it's a child saying uh, get my mommy but after that I couldn't tell what else it said did you catch the whole thing yeah yeah I did I didn't catch it either yeah okay I was looking for I was looking for for uh, closed captioning or something and I could not find it on the yeah. screen so uh, because I was I, I, I probably watched this scene like 10 times trying to figure out what it was that we that was said but uh I, I never caught it but anyway so after all this t- starts happening uh you know, we we hear that we hear the child talking, and then we're back in the the present time. Like I said, the, the scene just kind of comes to an end at that point. Um, but anyway, someone calls her about her sister because her sister is having uh, issues again. Uh, she was in the she was supposed to be praying, and wherever it was that she was, she comes running out, and we find next we see her at the wreckage of a boat, and she's in the middle of the ice. There's this wreckage of a boat. Uh, like I said, this just kind of shows that Navarro knows her sister. She, she has a good relationship with her because she knew exactly where she would go when nobody else did. Uh, anyway, what were your thoughts about this whole se- sequence? You know, it just makes you feel even worse for her sister. Right. The poor thing is really struggling. Yeah, she is. Uh, she really is. So, I'll, I'll like I said, uh, again, thinking back to episode two when uh, Fiona Shaw's character said, you know, don't confuse mental issues with yeah. uh, uh, with the spirit world. So, I, again, I'll be interested to see what the how what her sister how her sister is going to play in the, the entire role of all this so uh anyway so we're back with pete uh he is coming home to kayla it is the middle of the night he is doing his best not to wake her up i have been in this situation and while he's doing it, he knocks all this stuff <laughs> off of the <laughs> nightstand wakes everybody in the entire house up uh kayla's not happy uh poor peter peter's you know poor guy he's, he's just having such a hard time um Anyway, so they're having a conversation about just how Danvers is just has complete control of him, and you know Pete's trying his best to say, you know, I don't. She doesn't. You know, it's my job, and you know. And then she calls. And then she calls, and what Kayla is basically trying to tell him it's not it's not your job. It's her. She wants control yeah. of you, and she doesn't yeah. understand that she and she's just going to as long as you keep giving her control, she's going to keep taking it. And oh yeah. She, and he calls. She calls in the middle of this conversation. She texts him. So like it just continues to show that. Kayla's right, and it just continues to show that eventually, at some yeah. point in this season, this relationship is going to break down. Well, and Danvers is like rude too. He's oh, like, yeah. she's like, "Where's my phone?" Right, exactly. She's 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 awful about the entire thing. So it's because it, it's like she knows that Peter will do whatever she wants, and right. she can be as Definitely mean. Definitely take advantage. Yeah, she can be as mean and rude as she wants about it because she knows Peter's going to. If she says jump, he's going to say how high. So, uh, anyway, so at this point, uh, we've now made it to December 23rd. It is the sixth day of night, and we're at a native ceremony, which I assume is uh, just something they're doing for the stillborn child that was talked about earlier. Uh, when Danvers comes into this thing, uh, you can tell she's uncomfortable. She's not real. Yeah. She's she's not really keen about being here while all this is going on. Uh, 
And when she's she, still hurting from her own child. Yeah, I, you could tell. Yeah, you can tell that she's still hurting from that. But when she goes into the bathroom, she turns on the water and looks more like chocolate milk. I mean, so again, the water is yeah. an issue. So, that, like I said, yeah. this is another thing that they keep talking about. I'm not really sure why she was there. They, they don't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, because she gets interrupted. I, I think she was kind of well. I think she was showing support because earlier Leah said you. That's you, true. You've yeah. never showed those people support. Yeah, I think you're right about that. I think that's what she was doing. She's just trying to show the, hey, I'll be here for you, even yeah. though I don't really yeah. know you. So I think you're right about that. So anyway, so uh, Pete's cousin, though, has made his way to the rink. Uh, he basically says, when the first thing he notices, he says, the people at Slaw Station didn't freeze to death. He says he's seen caribou die of fright. And when he's seen them, uh, you know, he can tell because when he's seen them running from something, you can just see it. And he says, that's not what happened here. So these people didn't die. They didn't go out on the ice and they didn't freeze to death. So they were dead. The assumption is they were dead before they froze. Uh, and we've seen caribou run to their death. Right. We've seen caribou run to their death as well <laughs> at the very beginning of this thing. So, uh, like I said, so that's that's a very ominous thing that uh, that he talks about there. Uh, Navarro, she actually does track down the, the equipment engineer that uh, they were looking for. And Peter's is like, this guy doesn't exist. He's like, he's convinced that this person wow. doesn't actually really isn't a real person so he's shocked when she says that they have she found this guy uh so they go to this camp the it's just it's danvers and navarro and he's not happy to see them to say the least no he is not uh he's got a shotgun in his lap uh and he tells them uh when they tell him that everyone at salal is dead except for loon lun uh he forces them out in anger I, like i said apparently he had a relationship with with lun but yeah, because he even asked about Lund, yeah. Yeah, specifically he asked about Lund. He's the only one that they specifically ask about, but he still isn't happy, and he basically forces them out. Uh, I don't know exactly what all he's just really angry about, but he's angry about something, and he's, yeah. he's not happy. But um, Anyway, so as they're leaving, they, get a rec- they, they receive a call from the station, uh, from the hospital. Uh, the, the station says the hospital called and that Lund is actually awake. Uh, so they make a beeline to go to the hospital at yeah. this point. Uh, when they get there, you hear him yelling. You hear him screaming. And the he nurse has gangrene. Yeah. He, the, the nurse basically tells him, well, tells the two of them as they're getting ready to go in, she says, you know, he's got no legs. He's uh, already lost one arm. He's got gangrene on the other one. So he, she says uh, he doesn't he doesn't look great. Uh, and that's like an understatement. Because <laughs> uh, yes, yes. he's also blind. That's another thing that uh, happened to him. And like you feel really bad for this guy because like oh yeah it's almost like you kind of wish that they hadn't saved him because he has to be just absolutely miserable uh but danvers wants to talk to him as much as she can uh and when uh danvers asks what happened and he says they awoke her and that we and that uh we hear that she's when they say that we start hearing those whispers again the the she's awake she's awake start hearing those whispers again uh he keeps saying she's out there but he won't say who it is so we still don't know who this she is and he says she's out there and she can't find us in this dark yeah is what i heard so who knows who this is we know it's a she but we don't know who it is uh and then a mob has formed at the hospital i mean (laughs) the hillbillies are fighting the hillbillies are I don't know what's going on here, but there's fighting starts taking place out in the hallway. Uh, Danvers goes out to try to get it somewhat under control, uh, but Navarro stays kind of behind, and she stays in the doorway, and as she is sitting in the doorway, Lund just creepily rises up uh, and 
like starts talking to Navarro and let's see, I'm trying to make sure I had this right. So uh, he rises up in bed and tells her that her mother says hello and that she's waiting for her. And he points. And then he points. Exactly. He points. I don't know what he's pointing to. Then he goes into cardiac arrest. And like I said, this is like I said at the beginning of this of this podcast. The show stays relatively grounded for about 35, 40 yeah. minutes. And then the last 5, 10 minutes, it just goes into weird, strange, creepy mode. Yeah. And we are there at this point. So yeah, uh, yeah. It's, 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 it's cranked all the way up. Uh, at this point, Lund finally dies. Uh, he goes into cardiac arrest, and he, he doesn't make it, which isn't surprising. He's in terrible shape. No. Uh, the fact that he survived. How the, he made it this far is yeah. amazing. It, it's amazing that he made it this far. So, um, like I said, so I, I'm assuming they get the mob under control at this point. But uh, yeah, anyway. Yeah, they aren't there when, when she walks out. Yeah, so when she walks out, they're gone. But Pete is at the hospital. Uh, and he finally reveals that they did get Annie's phone open. And so they go to a video. And it's a video of Annie looking very much like in uh, the Blair Witch Project. As what yeah, it's kind of looking. Really, yeah, that's a good, good comparison. Yeah. It's kind of what it's looking like here. So he shows them a video of Annie. Uh, she's talking. She's terrified. She says something's there. And then the next thing we know, we hear her like something grabs her, takes her away. Yeah. Uh, you hear her scream, and she drops her phone, and that's where we yeah, end. She said, "I found it. It's here." Yeah, and we don't know what we don't know what happened. Uh, it's very, it's terrifying. Uh, yes. I mean, you, we don't know what happened to this poor girl. Uh, obviously, you know, she didn't make it long after this. Whatever happened to her? Uh, but like I said, it's it's just an incredible place to end this entire episode on. So it, it was frightening, man. Yeah, I it have was. to say, if you're not a horror person, I can imagine a lot of people were scared at this point. Yeah, I was struggling with with this at this point. So because I don't do horror very well, but uh, anyway, it's still it's great. It's uh, you know I, I was enjoying yeah. it. it. It's just fantastic. So. Yeah. Uh, your thoughts, just general thoughts as we wrap up this episode. <laughs> I think this might be my favorite episode. Oh, yeah, I, I, thought, I thought the horror aspect of it, I thought everything about it, getting more Danvers and Navarro together, I right. think has been great. Uh, this was a very great episode. Yeah, it really was. I, I enjoyed it a lot. It's it's it, it was a lot of fun to watch. So. And, I mean, we've said it so many times, watching Jodie Foster in this kind of environment, mm -hmm. man, I wish we were getting more episodes. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, I do too because she's absolutely great in this. I can't. I'm, uh, yeah. It would be. It's, I hate that we don't get eight on this thing. So. But yeah. Nevertheless. All right. Shall we do our weekly awards then? Let's do it. Here on the Main Attraction Podcast, whenever we're covering a season of a television show, we'd like to give out four, I'm sorry, four, three weekly awards. It's the second time I've done that tonight. Um, three weekly awards. Up first is our Tyrion Lannister, our MVP. Uh, are you giving it to anybody besides Jodie Foster or Callie Reese? I'm doing Callie Reese. Okay. I think this was her episode. Yeah, she was good. She was really, really good. Uh, I've been trying to get away from them. Uh, yeah. So uh, I ended up going with Pete for this one. I thought he was really good. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I'm just trying to get away from those two because they can they they can get it every single. I thought episode. this was the Reese episode. Yeah. She, the, I, I don't disagree. Uh, I'm with you about that. So I was just kind of looking for anybody but those two. Yeah. So. Uh, next, the Agatha all along, the best scene of the week. What'd you go with? Man, there were so many great yeah, scenes, but I mean, I guess you got to go for the hospital. Yeah, I mean, that's it, that's the obvious. I mean, as many yeah. great scenes as there were, I mean, that's yeah, that was the the most memorable one to say the least. So, uh, it was just strange and weird and terrifying and captivating all at the same time. So, 
Uh, next but not least, last but not least, is the If You Come With The King, You Best Not Miss, Your Best Line of the Week. What'd you go with? Man, it's hard to go. There's several. Um, Lon saying she's out there and she can't find us in the dark. Mm-hmm. Annie saying, I found it. It's here. It's got to be one of those two to me. Yeah. Uh, anytime a nearly dead person rises up out of their bed and says, your mother says hello and she's waiting for you, that's going yes. to yeah. be my, that's gonna your, be my your winner. Your deceased mother as well. <laughs> yeah. So, like I said, that's going to be the one that, that takes the cake for me every single time. So, that was yeah. mine. I'm with you. Yeah. All right. Uh, right and now. I mean, who's Mr. Mrs. Robinson? Was a fantastic that, line. I know that was a good line. That really was a good line. Uh, all right. Writing time here on this uh, main attraction podcast. Uh, top of our list is a succession. Beneath the succession is a loss. Middle of the road force is a friends. Beneath the friends is a full house. And bottom of the barrel force is a Baywatch. What are you writing the first three episodes of? Uh-huh. True detective in my I'm, country. I'm making the move. I'm going succession. I'm loving the show. I think this is just phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, I went up to succession last week. I'm definitely keeping it there. Uh, I thought it was just absolutely fantastic. And, I, and I'm going to ask you a question. The first two episodes on IMDb are two of the lowest rated in this series. Oh, really? Is this just dumb misogyny or is there something else? Is it just dumb? You, you cut up for a second. Dumb misogyny. Maybe I think there's probably I think there's some of that I think there's going to be some of that the fact that they're turning this thing over to two female leads and I'm sure it's probably and a part female of female creator yeah and writer it's got to be what that is because I I don't see how you couldn't this is some of the best TV we've been watching yeah and we've been watching some good stuff yeah we have it, it's really good I've enjoyed this a lot so. Yeah, I'm sure there's part of it. Uh, and, like, I've seen some people who say they don't think the acting is as good or the writing is as good, but I don't know. I, I, that's I, not true. Yeah, I disagree with that. So, uh, Yeah, but I'm with you. I think it's just fantastic. So, I, Honestly, I'm going to say it. I would put Jodie Foster's performance up there with Matthew McConaughey and Mahershala Ali in the last right. season. Yeah, I need to finish the first season. I just haven't finished it yet. Maybe one day these days I will have time to do so. So, all right. Uh, before we ha- sign off, we do want to give some recommendations for, for <laughs> some recommendations of things we have seen recently. Uh, what are some yeah. recommendations you want to give? I'm going to do some comedy tonight. Okay. I watch uh, the the limited series Ted on okay. uh, on Peacock. Peacock. It's based. It's a I guess a prequel to the movie uh, starring Mark Wahlberg and Teddy <laughs> yeah. Bear, voiced by Seth MacFarlane. This takes place in 1993, where uh, the Johnny, the character, is in high school. I was also in high school in 1993, so this really <laughs> scratches some issues. Yeah, I was me, a freshman. I, th- I, was my freshman I, year. I think Johnny and I are the same age, and so uh, I really like that aspect of it. It's it is so funny. I think there's eight episodes, and you will laugh a lot. Ted okay. on uh, Peacock. I th- I've been seeing where that's been getting good reviews and getting uh, like a, the good ratings. Right. So I'm sure this is going to be a normal thing. Seth MacFarlane's very funny, man. He he has it. Uh, the other couple things I started watching the show Dave on Hulu, the comedy show about the the rapper Lil Dicky. Oh, really? It's been all. It's on. It's one of those FX FX Hulu shows. Okay. It's about this guy Dave Bund, who's like a comedian, but he's also a rapper, and it's very funny. There's three seasons. It started okay. in 2020. I've never seen it before. I had heard several people say it was funny, and it is really funny. I finished the first season. Uh, there are ten episodes. Really, really funny. A lot of cameos. So it's definitely worth the watch. And the last, I watched the Michelle Yeoh Netflix series, The Brother's Son. Yeah, I want to watch it. I haven't seen it yet. It's fun. It is a lot of fun. There's a lot of comedy in that. Uh, it, it is really worth watching. Um, it, there's, again, comedy, martial arts. And 
when people say they don't like diversity, this is where I'm like, watch a show like this. Right. You know, you're getting Michelle Yeoh in a series like this. There's why would you not want this? Right. Uh, yeah, I don't get that either. So I'm with you on that. So uh, for me, a couple things. Uh, first and foremost, for my video game friends out there that are listening. Uh, did you ever uh, the Prince of Persia games? I don't know if you ever played them or not. No, never, never played. I watched partly that terrible movie with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Well, the Jake Gyllenhaal movie kind of killed the franchise because they made one more video game after uh, after that movie, and they never made one since. Uh, they oh fi- wow! Yeah, they finally released a new one uh, in January uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, I played it. It's I haven't finished it, but it's it's really good. It's a it's uh, what they call a Metroidvania game. Uh, it's a lot of going back and forth. It's really good. I enjoy it. It's, it's uh, if you haven't, if you like Metroid, if you like the Castlevania, uh, I would highly recommend it. I love those games. Those, it's like I said, it has a lot of those same elements in, in it. So, um, anyway, uh, I would highly recommend it. Like I said, the Jake Gyllenhaal movie kind of killed the video game franchise as well. So, uh, but some other stuff too, uh, I'll recommend. Uh, I did watch the first two episodes of Masters of the Air. It's really good. Uh, unsurprisingly, oh, yeah, it's really good. That, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's it's really good. I expect it to be. A phenomenal series. Uh, it's supposed to be 10 episodes on Apple TV+, Plus. so if you haven't checked it out, check it out. Uh, another recommendation, uh, I watched a few things on Friday night. Uh, I didn't even know this was coming out. On Netflix, uh, a couple of years ago, Kevin Smith released his own, his own like spin and own take on uh, Masters of the Universe, the He-Man uh, cartoon. Uh, it's a little bit, it's a little bit more grown-up version of Masters of the Universe. Uh, they're not like having sex or cussing or anything like that, but it's just it, like it deals with more mature themes uh, than the cartoon that we watched from in that 1980s. Uh, he has released a second season. It's called Masters of the Universe Revelation. The first one was called. At least I think it's Revelation, and one first one is Revolution. I think. Uh, anyway, uh, the second one is out. It's only five episodes long. Uh, all the episodes are about twenty-five minutes. Uh, Mark Hamill uh, is back doing Skeletor, which is fantastic. Oh, that's cool. Uh, so, like I said, it's really it's good. Uh, I would highly recommend it. if you if you like the the He Man cartoons, if you want some good nostalgia. Like I said, he does a good job of like making it a little bit more uh, adult in tone than uh, the the original cartoon. So uh, I, I enjoyed it. It takes you about a little over two hours to watch it. So it's it's not that uh, it's not that big of an ask in terms of time. So the last thing I watched, uh, I'll do every year. I try to do this uh, when the Oscars get announced and they have all of their best picture nominations. I try. To go through and watch uh, as many of them as I possibly can. So I've already seen three. I've seen Oppenheimer. I've seen Barbie. I've seen uh, uh, what's that movie? Uh, uh, Past Lives. That's the other one. So those okay. those three I've yeah. already seen. Uh, I haven't seen the rest of them. I finally watched Maestro on Netflix. Uh, it's really good. I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I the the two performances by by Bradley Cooper and what's her name. Uh, Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, Carrie Mulligan. They are fantastic. They're not going to win their Oscars. Uh, I'll just tell you that much right now. But they're still fantastic. Uh, I mean, Bradley Cooper does a great job of just yeah. nailing the tone of Leonard. If you go mm-hmm. watch Leonard Bernstein, if you watch him talk, if you watch him direct, if you watch him do anything, Bradley Cooper is nailing that. I mean, he just really yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Carrie Mulligan is also doing the exact same thing with her her character as well. Uh, like I said, it's, it's a great movie. I enjoyed it. It's not going to win. It probably won't win a single Academy Award. I I, I'm, I'm, I hate to tell Bradley Cooper that because he really, really wants an yeah, Academy Award. So, yeah. uh, but it's still good. I, I've really enjoyed it. So, uh, that's the last of my recommendations. All right. Anything else you want to add before we sign off? Yeah, I appreciate everyone joining us, and we will talk to you next time. I will echo those same sentiments. Oh, do we want to mention what we're covering this week? 
Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Uh, yeah, so we're going to be covering uh, this week. We're going to be covering what are we covering uh, next Mr. week? Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Uh, that's right, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So if you haven't seen it on, uh, if you haven't seen the previews for it, we'll be covering Mr. and Mrs. Smith on Amazon uh, Prime Video. Uh, we, we've got the we got the first four screeners. We have already just, we've already recorded it. It is good to go. So it's going to be there for you guys when you watch it on Friday. We'll record the episodes five or eight uh, uh, next week and have that for you on Sunday night into Monday morning. So. Um, I'm glad you mentioned that. So, all right. Uh, like I said, I will echo those same sentiments. And as always, until next time, may all of your entertainment dreams come true.